Hey, SEF Student Ministries, Devin here bringing you our second week of our free people series. Last week we uh, had our kind of introduction, if you were at youth group, um, into what this free people and really our relationship with freedom and authority and what that looks like for us as Christians. Um, so I'm going to start off this week and I want you to think to yourself, what is the most dangerous thing you've ever done? Um, that could be... Uh, Something as a kid, something recently, I know I can think of lots of examples of doing stupid stuff when I was a kid. Like one time I uh, wanted to practice wakeboarding, but we weren't near the lake, so I tied um, a skateboard to the back of a bike. And my friend pulled me on my, on the skateboard, and we thought that was like a good idea to try wakeboarding. And no, it ended up with me getting a scar that I still have to this day. Um, I've done some stuff... Uh, going on some pretty dangerous hiking uh, trips, um, which, yeah, speaking of hiking, that can be a pretty dangerous uh, thing. Um, you can you can face a, a lot of different stuff between uh, getting lost, um, just being up in a high. If you're hiking a mountain, you can uh, fall. Uh, you're out in the wilderness, there can be animals, all kinds of different things can happen. Um, and there... But the thing is, though, that hikes are usually safe if you're taking precautions and your biggest risks are usually like dehydration or spraining an ankle, maybe blisters, sunburns or bug bites, depending on where you're at. Um, however, there are some hikes that require a lot more skill and preparation. And on these hikes, you might face dangers like heights, um, dangerous terrain or even an unpredictable climate that you're in. Uh, in Colorado, there are a bunch of mountains that with peaks that are more than uh, 14,000 feet above sea, sea level. Uh, they're known as 14ers. Um, two of those peaks are called the Maroon Bells. Um, so here's why the Maroon Bells are some of the most difficult peaks to climb. So the total gain of elevation is 4,800 feet. So you're going close to a mile up as you're hiking. The total length is 12 miles round trip and it takes about seven hours to complete uh, the summit is just over 14,000 feet above sea, sea level and there's an extremely high risk of exposure meaning if you took a misstep and slid off the trail your injuries would likely be severe and there's not always the defined route up the mountain so you often have to find your own way people who hike the maroon bells know they must take precautions and prepare for these dangerous situations and still every year there are hikers who are injured on this hike for a simple reason they choose not to follow safety guidelines they get careless they take uh, unnecessary risks or they stand too close to the edge while most of us um, have probably never hiked a, a 14er like this there's something we all have in common with these hikes in this series, we're talking about freedom, rules, and how the two can coexist with each other. Whether you're fighting with your parents about your independence or you're trying to figure out how to live out your faith, we all occasionally push back on rules that we don't like. So what do we have in common with reckless hikers? Uh, just like those hikers who get careless and sometimes take unnecessary risks, we all stand a little bit too close to the edge sometimes. And whether that's the relationship between sex and dating, the entertainment that we watch, the words we say, or the way we behave, we often ask this question, how far is too far? How close to the line can I get without technically doing something wrong? How much can I get away with before I get in trouble? How much can I bend a rule before I break it? 
And of course, some rules need to be questioned, and sometimes a little rule bending isn't a big deal. But when does rule bending become dangerous to us or to others, and how far is too far? So I can think of a time um, when I maybe bent a rule. I didn't end up doing anything, but I mean, you push it a little bit um, when you see uh, or when you know of friends in um, high school or wherever you guys are at in your age. I mean, for me, it was high school seeing people going to parties. And I mean, you know that there's going to be drinking or whatever that's going on there. Um, I can remember a really specific time that, I mean, I, it was one of the most uncomfortable situations I had ever been in. But um, when I was on a basketball tournament one time, uh, a couple of the older guys that were on the team, I was just a freshman, um, pulled out weed while we were in our hotel room. Um, and they just had it. They found out later that they started smoking, but I stayed in that room probably longer than I should have. I had no intentions of doing anything, but I did push the limit of if I got caught or not, um, in that room. Cause I mean, yeah, who knows? I think my coach would have believed me, but I still would have been in that room and I didn't leave right away. I wasn't planning on doing anything. I was just uncomfortable and I didn't know what to do. So I kind of panicked. Um, but eventually, yeah, I did get out of the room. Um, so if you've ever pushed a boundary, stood too close to the line or bent a rule just to see if you could, I get it. Um, it's part of everyone's life. We all see that. But instead of asking how far is too far, I want to give you an alternative question that will save you a ton of trouble, hurt, regret, and damaged relationships. So last week we were introduced uh, to James, and James is one of the brothers of Jesus and the leader of the Jerusalem church during the early years of the Jesus movement. Um, So James actually had a a nickname at the time, and he was called James the Just. He earned that nickname because he was known for doing what was good, what was wise, and honoring to God, even when it was difficult, unpopular, or inconvenient. So I think James is a pretty well-qualified well-qualified to give advice on what to do in situations where we don't want to cross the line, but are tempted to get as close to the line as possible. And if you remember, James wrote a letter to help the church of Jerusalem figure out how to live uh, by God's law. James wasn't necessarily talking about the hundreds of religious laws that Jewish people were accustomed to following. The law James wanted people to obey was the law Jesus gave, and that was to love God and love others like we love ourselves. And according to Jesus, if you follow the law of love, that's the rule that matters most. Even though this law sounds simple, it wasn't always easy for the early Jesus followers to know how to love God or others. And maybe it's not easy for you either. When James wrote this letter, people were figuring out how to follow Jesus for the first time, but Jesus was no longer with them. Without Jesus in the flesh, they couldn't ask for help or clarity when they had a question about how to love God or others. So to help the church of Jerusalem figure this out, here's what James wrote. And this is in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. He says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. 
But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So, what's wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to discern between right, wrong, and everything in between. In many situations, there's not always a clear right or wrong choice instead we might have to choose between what's good and what's best or what's fun and what's risky that's why we all need wisdom in our lives so why do we need wisdom without wisdom it's difficult to see the danger we could bring on ourselves or others but with wisdom's help we can see danger ahead avoid harmful situations before it's too late and learn how to escape an already messy situation lastly how do we get How do we get wisdom? James' solution is pretty simple. He says all we need to do is ask. But how do we ask God for wisdom? Do we just pray and wait for God's voice to answer us from the sky? No, that's not how God speaks to us most of the time. When we ask God for wisdom, the answer to our prayer might come through uh, people. You might find wisdom from a conversation with a mentor, a friend, a teacher, a parent, or a trusted adult. It might even come through a book, a movie, a song, or a speech by someone you've never met before. It also might come through experience, and no one likes to experience failure or difficulty, but God can always redeem difficult situations by helping us gain wisdom through our experiences. Uh, third, it might come through history, and there are a lot of people who have gone before us and passed down important lessons they learned. We can gain uh, wisdom by looking at the ideas, practices, and guidelines that have been passed down from previous generations. And lastly, scripture. Uh, And of course, we have the Bible to look at. So let's take a look at another passage of scripture that James would have been familiar with. It's from a book of the Bible full of wise sayings called Proverbs. Um, So we're going to be, we're going to flip over to Proverbs now. Um... And we are going to be in chapter 27, uh, verse 12. And verse 12 says, The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. So according to Solomon, who's the author of Proverbs, a wise person can see danger approaching before it's too late. A wise person will be able to predict how a situation could go wrong before it happens. Uh, A wise person will see a toxic relationship developing before they get hurt. They identify a bad influence before they're negatively impacted, and they see how their actions could cause regret before they ever take them. A foolish person, on the other hand, flirts with danger. They never see the warning signs or discard them. If they do, they'll eventually hurt themselves and others. They end up with regret they carry for years. They damage relationships they care about and they lose opportunities they worked hard to achieve. When danger approaches a wise person, a wise person doesn't see how close they can get to danger, planning to jump out of the way with only seconds to spare. A wise person avoids danger as much as possible by taking precautions. And if they have to get close to a dangerous situation, they call for help, set up a safety net, or do their best to make sure that they can safely get through whatever situation they're facing. A wise person doesn't ask, how close to danger can I get? They ask a better question, which is how far from danger can I stay? So like the hikers we talked about earlier, wisdom means maintaining boundaries, not to keep us caged, but to keep us safe. 
Remember, the right rules can set us free, and free people don't flirt with danger. So imagine you're flying over the Grand Canyon with your face face pressed to the airplane window. So you're miles above the Rio Grande River. The site is amazing. It's wild. It's dangerous. And it's hard for your brain to process. So you decide to get closer. So when you land, you head to the Grand Canyon, hoping to let your feet dangle over one of those incredible canyon ledges you saw from the air. But when you arrive, you see... Uh, a ledge with a big guardrail all the way around it and steps down to the, a path out to the edge. Um, but there's a big rail in the way. Um, so why would they put railings there? It's an inconvenience for you to get in that. It got in the way of your plan to dangle your feet over the edge. It's also an eyesore. It's this big natural beauty. And now we have this man-made construction that's in the way. So unnecessary. I mean, we're just standing near the edge of a cliff. It won't always hurt you. It's only dangerous if you fall, and I'm not going to fall, right? It's over. It's an overreaction. So yes, that logic is ridiculous, right, when we're looking at it, but it's the same logic that we use when it comes to rules we don't like. Many of the rules we hate to follow are actually guidelines designed to keep us safe. But instead of being thankful for these boundaries, we see them as enemies to our freedom. So what do we do about danger? Do we throw caution to the wind and do whatever we want? Well, no, that's what foolish people do. Or do we stay far away from danger that we never leave our rooms because we're so afraid of making a mistake? And the answer to that is no also. That's not the kind of abundant life God would want for us. You've got to have a life. So just like dangerous climbs have safety mechanisms in place to keep hikers safe, there are ways you and I can prepare, take precautions, and create boundaries that keep us safe too. So as we have talked today, I'm guessing you thought of at least one line you're tempted to cross. And you're not trying to fall into the Grand Canyon, of course, but you wouldn't mind sitting on the ledge and letting your feet dangle for a few minutes. For you, maybe it's the temptation to push a boundary with your words, your friendships, what you view online, or how you behave with the person you're dating. Maybe you've been thinking, I don't want to do anything too dangerous, I just want to get a little closer to the line. So instead of dancing with danger, wise people respect and keep healthy boundaries. But where do we need to place our boundary lines? So one, respect the boundaries set for you. We're not always wise enough to know which boundaries we need to keep us safe, but trusted adults can give us safe boundaries. Parents, coaches, teachers, and mentors can all help us avoid danger by setting guardrails up for us. And yes, it can be frustrating to respect boundaries we didn't create. Sometimes the rule doesn't make sense or seem fair, but even when we don't like them, boundaries can keep us from pain and regret. Number two is set your own boundaries. So don't like being told what to do? Then set your own boundaries proactively. In which areas do you need more boundaries? What boundaries do you struggle to maintain? What boundaries can you establish to keep you far from danger? When you have answers to these questions, you can begin placing healthy boundaries between you and danger. So do you need to turn your phone off at a certain time each night? Do you need to wait a little longer before dating? Do you need to spend less time with a certain friend? Do you need to give something up because it often brings you too close to danger? Do you need to invite a trusted friend or adult into your life to help you make wise choices? It's not always easy to know what's wise, but like James says, if we need more wisdom, all we need to do is ask God for it. 
When wisdom tells us to avoid something, it's not because God wants us wants to control us. It's because God wants to see us live free of unnecessary hurt. Remember, a wise person doesn't ask, how close to danger can I get? They ask, how far from danger can I stay? The right rules can set us free, and free people don't dance with danger. Thanks, guys. Uh, Hopefully this message um, is making sense and this series is making sense. It's a little bit of a um, tough topic going along this boundary line of of rules and freedom in that relationship. Um, Again, if you ever have questions, don't be afraid to uh, send them to me on social media or ask me in person at youth group, uh, whatever it might be. Um, I'm excited to keep going on this journey with you guys, and I'll see you next week.